New Bike Day เรื่องดีๆจากโลกจักรยานโดยเอี่ยวศิวภาคเจียนวนาลีขอต้อนรับเข้าสู่ New Bike Day ครับผมเอี่ยวศิวภาคนะครับพอดแคสต์รายการตอนที่แล้วนะครับผมเล่าถึง The Alternate Tour ของ Lagland Mountain นะครับเป็นนักปั่นของทีม EF Education Nipple นะครับที่ขี่จักรยานเท่าความเท่าระยะทางของดูดฟองนะครับเพื่อเป็นทริปการกุศลนะครับแต่ว่าหารู้ไหมว่ามีคนที่กําลังทําทริปแบบนี้เช่นเดียวกันและกําลังทําที่ประเทศไทยด้วยนะครับนั่นก็คือคุณจอห์นจูเลียสเป็นจอห์นเบนเน็ตนะครับถ้าเกิดว่าอธิบายให้เข้าใจง่ายๆหรือถ้าเกิดเรียกในชื่อที่คนในวงการจักรยานรู้จักกันดีคือโค้ชเจเจนะครับจริงๆแล้วผมรู้จักกับจะเรียกว่ารู้จักก็ไม่ใช่เรียกว่าติดตามเจเจมาตั้งนานแล้วนะครับตั้งแต่ที่เขาเริ่มทําเรื่องไบฟิตติ้งที่ร้านชื่อเวโลแฟบริกนะครับแล้วก็เจเจเนี่ยก็ทํางานหลายด้านนะครับควบคู่กันมาทั้งเคยร่วมงานกับนิติศาสตร์ไซคิงพาสไทยแลนด์เคยทําเรื่องเกี่ยวกับโคชิ่งต่างๆนะครับแล้วก็ล่าสุดเนี่ยเจเจก็ไปเปิดศูนย์ที่เรียกว่า JJ Pro Performance Center ที่ภูเก็ตนะครับจริงๆแล้วก็เหมือนจะมียังยังมีเปิดที่แบงคอกด้วยนะครับที่ที่ที่กรุงเทพด้วยแต่ว่าก็จะเบสอยู่ที่ภูเก็ตนะครับ JJ ตอนนี้กำลังทำทริปที่เป็นการขี่จักรยานในระยะเท่าเท่ากับตัวเดฟองสครับก็คือประมาณ 3,400 กิโลเมตรนะครับถามว่าทำไปทำไมเขาต้องการที่จะขี่เป็นเป็นเหมือน Charity Ride นะครับเพื่อสร้าง awareness ระดมทุนเข้าสู่โครงการชื่อว่าวันภูเก็ตนะครับก็เป็นการบริจาคเงินเพื่อให้กับผู้ยากไร้ในจังหวัดภูเก็ตที่ได้รับผลกระทบจากโควิด1 9นะครับก็จริงๆแล้วผมรู้สึกว่าสิ่งนี้มันเป็นมันเป็นเรื่องที่ดีแล้วอีกข้อนึงก็คือในช่วงที่สถานการณ์การโควิดมันเริ่มแย่ลงเนี่ยเราก็อยากจะรู้เกี่ยวกับสถานการณ์จริงว่ามันเกิดอะไรขึ้นในโลกของจักรยานในในมุมมองของอนักปั่นจักรยานคนหนึ่งที่อยากจะทำอะไรดีๆเพื่อสังคมนะครับวันนี้ก็เลยมาคุยกับโค้ชเจเจกันนะครับ so thank you for coming to our podcast JJ great to meet you you're you're welcome and thank you for inviting me เนื่องจากว่าเทปนี้อาจจะขอสัมภาษณ์เป็นภาษาอังกฤษนะครับแต่ว่าก็จะพยายามทำให้มันง่ายนะครับผมก็โอ so okay Uh, just as we said before, before recording, that is an incredible journey for for you to have uh, this charity ride. And this is a, I think it's a stage 15, right? Yes, officially today is a rest day um, uh-huh. in, in the real Tour de France. But I actually missed Saturday mm-hmm. um, because we had some 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 technical issues with equipment. So. Um, I had Saturday's a rest day, and um, the pros are having a nice rest day. But even the pros will be out riding for a couple of hours today to stop the legs um, <laughs> seizing up. So it's my stage 15. Yes. Yeah. How do you feel right now? Tired. Very mm. tired. Um, excited and proud that I got this far, mm-hmm. um, and now I have to just. Keep counting down the next six days to Sunday, mm. and mm. just take it, take it one day at a time, rather yeah. than saying I got six days left. I got tomorrow to do, then I got tomorrow to do. Mm. Okay, so I just uh, wonder about the beginning of of this charity, right? Could you please ex- uh, ex- 
could could you please tell us that what was your motivation to to do this project? Yeah, last last year we we moved we moved to Phuket last year, and we were living opposite um, a very high-ranking immigration official. Mm. And during the first lockdown last year, I saw all these immigration officers with lots of water in a truck. So I asked them, "What are they doing?" Mm. And they said they're delivering water to all the poor people in Phuket. And I thought, "Wow, that's really good," because immigration don't have a good reputation with a lot of foreigners. Mm, But mm, they were mm. super nice. So last year, I rode three thousand kilometers in thirty days for, for, for the same charity here. Yeah, I see. And then this year, I thought, "Wow, I'm going to have to do something bigger this year." Because mm-hmm. if I do the same, everyone will say, oh, "You did that last year." So I had this crazy idea. I thought, "Yeah, let's just ride the Tour de France distance. I can do that." Mm. So, and I'm doing it because there is so much poverty that we don't see really in the press. Mm. Um, there's, there's there's people in all, all all over Phuket. There's the the really really poor. People, the Phuketians, the Thais, um, who have absolutely nothing, almost no salary for a year and a half. Um, yeah, they're desperate for money, for food. Um, the children are starving, and then you gradually move up the chain, and mm-hmm. you've got other people who are now selling their like saucepans, or mm-hmm. they're selling anything they have to try and get some money to survive. Mm-hmm. And it actually goes up. The, the the money I'm donating won't go to the next lot of people. It's going to those people I just mentioned. But mm. even if we go to expats who have been live, living here, foreigners who've been living here for a long time. Some of those have had no income for a year and a half now, and oh. they're, they're just going home. They're, they're they're packing up. They've been here for 10-15 years, and and they're they're leaving. Mm-hmm. And of course, when they leave. They're not renting the house. They're not spending the money at the restaurants or the supermarkets, or so that the whole what I call food chain is just getting smaller and smaller. And anything I can do to help to bring a little bit of money for an organization called One Phuket. One Phuket is mm. run by expats and Thais, uh, and it's fantastic because they just their concept is to help anyone on the island. Mm. With any problems, oh, And everything goes to them. They then, with government officials, go out and make sure that the the food bags go to the correct people. It's not just knocking on someone's house and saying, "Here it is." Mm. They know that these are the Thai government officials. They know where the hardship is. Mm. Uh, but the the culture is different. I'm I'm a I'm a foreigner. I I love Thailand, but the way that We act is, is a little bit more. Hey, I'm here. <laughs> whereas, whereas Thais are a lot more quiet, mm. a lot more subdued. They're a lot more proud. So they're in the background, doing equally as much as I am. Mm. And I, I think that's what people need to understand. It's we we're doing things in a different way, but for the same goal. Mm, mm, mm. So this is a uh, you are. Uh... Second time for writing this this kind of charity, right? What is what what was the the difference between the first one and the second one in terms of your mentality or or, or the preparation? Well, the, the the first one was 
a lot easier because it was a hundred kilometers a day for 30 days. Mm. And if the weather was particularly bad, I would do a little bit less and then do some more the next day. Uh, um, but this one is a lot tougher because the longest stage was 249 kilometers, as you know. Yeah, yeah. So, and it was the hottest day in Phuket as well. <laughs> it was 36 degrees, mm. no cloud cover. And I was so hot, we actually had bags of ice down the back of my jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen it. To, to keep cooling myself. And so it, it's tougher that I have to stick to, to what's happening on that day. Hmm. Um, and and, and the, 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 the distance is so much greater than last year. There, there's nothing under 100 kilometers this time. Everything is <laughs> a lot more. <laughs> I, I think it, it's, not, it's not only hot, it's burn because that. You know, it's a Phuket is is kind of a island weather with with a great high humid and uh, also that sunny and the weather is cannot forecast anything. You know. Yes. Yeah, so so what one day you might be dealing on a so it's a clear day, so you're dealing with the heat and the very high UVA um, on that day, mm-hmm. and then you'll have a monsoon rain day. Which was, yeah. I think, like 220 kilometer a day, the second longest stage. Mm-hmm. And that was soon all day long. And then you've got high humidity days like today, where the mm-hmm. humidity is like 95, 96%. Mm-hmm. And they're all, you have to cope with each one in, in, a, in a different way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think one, one of the hardest things for, for this project is the planning for, for the routes because. Uh, As everyone knows, Phuket is not so big, but you have to ride for about three thousand and four hundred kilometers in Phuket. It is not 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 so big. How how do you plan for for the routes and uh, the preparation for for uh, as you mentioned that your your age is uh, 57, right? Mm. It's it's not easy to to ride for for this kind of this distance for. <laughs> At, at this age, how, how, how could you explain a bit about the preparation for, for this, this ride? Yeah, so originally I planned 21 stages with slightly different routes around uh, And the first three to four days, we kept exactly to that. Mm-hmm. Then I had to adapt on a daily basis. So for example, if it's raining really heavily, I don't mm-hmm. want to be on the main road going to the bridge. Because the the spray and the trucks is incredibly dangerous, so mm. I'll then in my head say, right, I need to go on some smaller roads where there's less traffic um, mm. and there's less spray. Mm-hmm. And then if it's if it's an incredibly hot day mm. and I'm really suffering, then I have to think, right, where can I go with a lot of trees for s- some more shelter? So I, I actually adapt the routes on a daily basis. So it's mm. In the real Tour de France, obviously you can't do that. Um, <laughs> it would be, um, but my goal is to do the distance, and it doesn't matter if it's flat, hilly, or or, or whatever else. Mm-hmm. So I, I adapt that. It's like today we started off, and the forecast was no rain, mm-hmm. and within the first two minutes it was raining heavily. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, it's quite it's quite the same in UK, right? Oh. All, all, all the time. So when, it, when it's raining heavily, 
and blowing a lot of wind, then apart from the fact it's a little bit warmer here, it reminds me a lot of my cycling days, training days in the UK. <laughs> oh, um, but pl planning wise is we've got, we've got the car and my wife Ching and my secretary Non, they share the driving. So one will do the first three to four hours and the, the, then they'll swap, um, we'll, we'll pass where, where we live mm -hmm. and the, the, the second driver will come in because eight hours driving is also very hard work. Mm -hmm. um, and in the car, I have a spare bike. Mm -hmm. I have spare wheels. We have a complete toolkit. <laughs> we have two to three changing of clothes. Mm -hmm. We have a cooler with drinks in, um, with uh, electrolytes, with mm -hmm. plain water, um, with Coke. And although Coke isn't the, the thing I'd recommend, sometimes just having a little bit of Coke. Yeah, I know is, that. Is what you, and you need to listen to your body because I'm a, I'm a sports scientist. I used to teach at Tamaset, actually. Mm -hmm. And in theory, you could say you need this many gels per hour for the ride. But mm -hmm. I know there's no way that I'm going to have 16 gels in my stomach. Yeah. Um, it's just, so you, you just have to adapt and you say, right, what can I have? Um, and it's, it's like raisins. Raisins are fantastic. Mm -hmm. raisins are actually a one-to-one -one ratio of glucose and fructose <clears throat> so the glucose is what you need to get into the muscles mm -hmm. um, but if you, if you imagine glu glucose is the energy you need to put mm -hmm. it into the muscle mm -hmm. fructose is the transporter so uh -huh. the glucose gets on this transporter and at a one-to-one -one ratio it will get into the muscles super quickly Mm. But if you only had glucose or only fructose, you'd still have energy, but not all that energy will get into the muscles. Mm. So that's, that's, that's the trick. So raisins, bananas, I make my own sandwiches, mm. um, sausage rolls, um, some gels, whatever I know my stomach can take mm -hmm. is what I'll have. And re regarding the the UVA, I have factor 50 spray and cream everywhere. Um, <laughs> every time we stop, uh, we respray. Um, I missed the top of my head today. I forgot to do this, this bit at a different helmet on, and I got sunburned just on there today. <laughs> um, but the rest of the rest of me, that the, the legs aren't burnt, they're going brown, but um, it's the it, it the, the I think it's so important for people to use UVA, even even ties should use it. Mm. Um, I think that sometimes people think, ah, oh, I've been in the sun all my life, I don't need it. But it's, in my opinion, it doesn't matter what nationality you are, you still need to be careful with your skin. Yeah, I see that. Uh, and how about the mask? Because you, you, you write in the COVID time, right? Is it, how, how do you uh, have, a, have a plan for wearing the mask or, or off or, or when? How, how do you plan for, for, for this okay. condition? Very good question. So the, the rule in Phuket by the Phuket governor is when you're exercising, you don't have to wear a mask, mm. which, is, which is fantastic. But I always have a mask with me in my pocket uh, or in the car. Mm -hmm. So every time we stop somewhere, the mask goes on. Um, 
And if we if we go for a, a yeah we go to a cafe, the mask goes on. Mm. I, I would say ninety nine percent of people are wearing masks in in Phuket. Yeah. yeah. Although although the, I, I find it very strange that so it's it's a law, and as we know, it's a twenty thousand baht fine. Mm. We also know the first person in Thailand that got that twenty thousand baht <laughs> fine, but I'm not going to say who. So I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> Um, so you look at all the motorbikes in Phuket. Yeah. Every single one is wearing a mask, mm. but they're not wearing a helmet. <laughs> so it, it's, it's because they enforce the law for the mask, people wear it. But if they don't enforce the law for a helmet or driving the right way, no one's, no one's going to care. It's, it's, it's the same in any country. If you enforce the law, people have to do it. If you don't enforce it, people will go... Why? <laughs> I get it because we we, we are in Thailand, right? <laughs> yeah, but I said each 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 country has different ways of, of doing things. There there is. I, I don't I don't like people that come here and say, "Oh, you know, this is this is better in my country and this is better in my country." Mm. Well, go back to your own country then. It's it's you if, if you live in Thailand, you have to accept what Thailand is and. Like every country, I would say 95% is fantastic, mm. and then there's 5% that is sometimes a little bit frustrating in any country for whatever reason. Yeah, um, that, that, that's difficult. But overall, I, I would say Thailand is a is an amazing place to live. <laughs> it's good. It's good answer. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's true. You know, I'm, I'm married to my lovely wife Ching. Mm. Um, it's our home here. And I, I, I can't imagine living back in the UK again. This is this is this is where I'm going to live forever and retire, mm-hmm. um, and and not do a Tour de France again. <laughs> <laughs> I see it. So um, as I, I, I have seen your your his, I mean your cycling experience that you have cycling so many years. Uh, I would like to 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 ask about the difference be, between riding at your uh, younger age at at age fifty seven because I have read so many articles that try to convince that when you get older you can get you you can cycling uh, faster or effective. How is the 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 the, the truth? What what is the, the the real truth for riding such kind of a long distance? Is it Are they, are, is it different for from the age? Is it effort for it's a, it's a really good question with a very long answer. So I'll try and keep it simplified <laughs> a little bit. So yeah. the first thing is everybody's different. Some people, as they age, they lose a lot of their power or VO2 max mm-hmm. um, and, and muscle mass. So I, it. If you're in that category, as you get older, you, you're not going to be cycling as fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people will start losing those parameters. Let's say in their early 50s. Other people might be early 60s. So I'm, I'm fortunate that I've still got good muscle mass. I've still got good VO2, and my FTP is still about 290, 300 watts. So I'm, oh. I'm still, I'm, I'm still there <laughs> or thereabouts. But part of that is because I've always kept fit. If I'd taken 20 years out and then tried to get back into it, 
that's almost impossible to go back up to that level because you, you, you've lost so much over the years. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest part about age is the head. So mm. um, you, you know how to, you know your own body. You can listen to your body. You know when you can push hard. You know when you have to go a little bit easier. You know what food you can digest. And you know how to focus. And you, you, of all the, I mean, I've been cycling, what, 43 years. So mm-hmm. I've been through all sorts of suffering and pain in races and training. Um, so it, I think all of that helps with age. Um, for endurance, yes, but depending on what type of training you've done over the years. If you were, say, a track sprinter mm-hmm. on the velodrome, then you're going to pre- be predominantly fast twitch fiber anyway, and you're never going to have um, uh, uh. But in my case, I'm, I'm one of the worst sprinters in the world. I don't have many fast twitch fibers. So a postman could beat me um, <laughs> on his own little bicycle in a sprint. Mm. If you said, can my individual physiology hold that power for a long period of time or at for like six, eight hours, mm. then my physiology with my types of muscle fiber allow me to do that. I see that. So uh, this is a stage 15, right? And um, it's a quiet, not not a long time, but it's stage 15. I just wonder that how do you tackle the all kinds of problems or all kinds of a challenge that, that happened during the, the ride because you have to uh, ride for a long time, long distance, and you also have to... Uh, care about the, the donation goal also because you have so many intense challenge. How, how do you tackle with all this obstacle or, or all of this challenge in this ride? That is actually the psychological part mm-hmm. is harder than the physical part. <laughs> the physical part, I know I can do. Mm. But the psychological part of... I think over three days where three Garmin stopped working and we're losing data. Mm. Um, and when I'm so tired, it's difficult to think straight. Mm. Um, so I, I, I always do a couple of posts and then I have a lot of good friends who will then come in and say, Hey, your Garmin's not working. Why don't you just use your telephone, put Strava on, put it in the pocket, put it in the car behind you because they're going the same speed and just record it on Strava. And I went, ah, Brilliant idea. So it's it's difficult when you are so tired and the stressful things to, 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 to think straight. Mm-hmm. So that's when it is nice having, having friends that will, that, that will help. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I'm honest, it's very hard to deal with all the problems. Um, yeah. You know, you, you, you're, you're wet. Like this morning, I was wet, I was cold. It was 23 degrees mm. and we had a flat. So it's not... It's not um, a, an issue because we've got spare wheels in the car. Mm-hmm. But nevertheless, it's still annoying. Mm. Um, and if I was talking to one of my athletes, I would say, think of a what if. So what if I have a flat? Mm. Um, and then you have the answer before the problem arises. Mm. And some, But it's still difficult to cope with. 
So even though you know you've got a wheel in the car, it's still annoying. It still plays with your mind, particularly at this stage. At this stage, when I'm really fatigued, trying to think clearly and deal with a problem is very hard. So I, I do get grumpy. Um, I, I, I do get annoyed. Um, and at the end of the day, when I'm really tired and you've got trucks coming past you super fast and pulling out, um, I also find it difficult to deal with that. Yeah. So I have my, my wife and my, and my secretary in the car behind and they're tooting, beep, beep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, at particularly the motorbikes that are coming towards me the, the, the wrong way. Oh. So it's not, it's not easy, right? No, it's not easy to deal with all that. If, if you're in the Tour de France, you've got your, your team mechanic, your, your massage person, the director sport chief, the psychologist, mm. uh, <laughs> the sport medicine, the nutritionist, you've got everything. But mm. my, my, my wife, Ching, has to deal with it equally as hard. She's in the car. She's got to help me. I mm. get really tired. Um, so it's, 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 it's tough, for, tough for all of us for the, for the whole um, three weeks. Mm, okay. Uh, so I just we would like to to ask outside of the of the cycling uh, perspective because this goal of the charity like is about uh trying to 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 solve the problem for the po the, the poverty problem in Phuket, and uh, as people in Bangkok, we we heard the news from Phuket uh, with the two two things. We have heard about the Phuket Sandbox, which is which is uh, the project that try to attract the tourists. Uh, I mean the international tourists for making more money. I mean to resurrect the Phuket again, and we also heard about the situation, the COVID 19 situation in Phuket. I just wonder how is it, how how the truth, uh, or or I mean how is the, the really the situation is because you live in Phuket for. A long time, and you have seen so many uh, situation right now. Yeah, let me let me just quickly have a drink of water a minute. <laughs> okay, that, that, that's fine. That's fine. So if we start with the sandbox. The sat we have to reopen somehow. So mm. it's it's a good concept, but I, at the moment we've had, I think. Two, three thousand people fly into Phuket under the sandbox rules. Mm. Um, now, some of those are real tourists, fantastic. Mm -hmm. A lot of them are also people coming back into Thailand, whether they be Thai, whether they be expats, who would rather come into Phuket than be stuck in a hotel in Bangkok, which I, I would do exactly the same. Yeah. Now, that two to three thousand um, tourists. International tourists, they don't really touch the problem um, <clears throat> because the problem is so big. The mm -hmm. whole, uh, I think the average salary now for that that demographic is forty nine US dollars per month. Oh, forty nine dollars per month. I mean, that, that's the. I wouldn't. I'll, yeah, it's just crazy. Mm. So the <clears throat> and the, the problem with the sandbox is. Great concept. The government are trying to do their best to get people in, but mm -hmm. <clears throat> they've restricted domestic tourism into Phuket so much, there mm -hmm. is no domestic tourism. So we, we gain 
let, let's say we gain, I don't know, 10 million baht in mm -hmm. international tourism, but mm -hmm. we've lost 100 million baht in domestic tourism. Mm -hmm. So we're actually in a negative balance because of the sandbox. Um, and that's the issue because if, if, I, if I said, hey, great, come, come, come and see me, come, come and interview me in um, Phuket, if you've had two doses of the vaccine or you don't mind having a COVID test um, <laughs> to, to come in mm -hmm. um, and produce a lot of documents and don't mind your flight being cancelled every day mm -hmm. because now, now there's no Air Asia flights, there's no Bangkok Airway flights, they've completely cancelled their schedules. Um, so that's, that's, the sound, that's the reality of sandbox and domestic tourism. Um, it's actually created a worse situation. Mm -hmm. And add on top of that, a lot of workers came back into Phuket for sandbox, thinking, great, everything's reopening, let's go back, we can go and work at our restaurants, we can go and work um, at wherever we were working before. Mm -hmm. And of course, the, bar, the bars are not open, they're not allowed to be open. Um, they're still closed by law. Um, so you then got those people living here with no money. So it's, it's a no-win it's a, it's a no situation from that perspective, um, the, the, the sandbox. Mm -hmm. And then if we look at COVID, um, there aren't that many cases in Phuket this time. At the moment, we're lucky. Mm -hmm. uh, we're also lucky that I was able to get a vaccine as an expat here because mm -hmm. I have a work permit. Mm -hmm. uh, and they, they had to vaccinate 70% of the island before the sandbox. Mm -hmm. From that perspective, we're fortunate that we have had the vaccine. Mm -hmm. um, but I still can't go out of Phuket across the bridge without permission from immigration. Oh. So when I get to the bridge, they would say to me, why do you want to leave? What's your reasoning? And then if they think you're allowed to go, they'll give you a stamp to go out and come back in again. Mm. So that's one of the reasons I'm doing all my rides in Phuket because I can't go out to Phang Nha. <laughs> See that. And how about your business? Because you 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 just you just opened the JJ Pro's I mean performance center in in Phuket. Yeah, bu business is very slow um, because we, we we would normally have people that buy in from say Japan, Singapore, um, India for our services, and we'd have people come in from provinces the Chang, uh, from Pangina, from Krabi, from Chiang Mai, from Bangkok. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people would say, hey, great, we can go to Phuket for two to three days. We can go and have my physiology test, my bike fit, and have some fun with my family in Phuket. So it's, oh. it's, it's, it's a, the concept is good, but in reality, it's not happening. So we, we have virtually no one coming in at the moment. Mm, I see that. I just want to ask you honestly because uh, I think if I were you as as the expat, I may think about leaving Thailand for a couple couple of months for have a vaccine or just waiting for Thailand to getting better and come back. Um, <coughs> is it happen in 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 your mind? Maybe because in, in, in my mind, no, because this is as I said, this this is my home and. Mm -hmm. um, we're fortunate we've had the vaccine, but even without the vaccine, I, I would still stay here because the situation isn't really better anywhere else. 
Yeah, you, if I went home to the UK, there's still restrictions and COVID cases going up. Mm-hmm. Um, so in, in, in my case, never crossed my mind. But in a lot of expats cases, yes, they've said, let's go home and just see what happens in the next six months, year, 18 months, and then think about it, which you're getting families going home now because of that. They can't get the vaccine here. Um, and a lot of companies have stopped paying for the education at private schools. Mm. So suddenly the expats are going, well, I can't afford to live here anymore. Um, so they're leaving, which then means the international schools here are in less people, mm. um, less people, less money, less teachers, less gardeners. It's uh, the, the effect is just growing and growing and growing at the moment. I see that. And uh, how how the cycling in Phuket was now? Well, I, I, I mean, how the cycling in Phuket right now was because uh, it's COVID time. Is that uh, many cyclists that uh, ride every day as the normal days? If, if so, for, for the Phuketians and the expats that are based here, then they just ride as normal. Mm. Um, not in big groups like they used to. Mm. And they're still... No, at one point we weren't allowed to, but also a, a lot of the Phuketians are, are very sensible, and they just said, "Let's just go out with two or three people, and 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 not have a group of forty, fifty people going up the bridge and back um, Strava hunting." So, <laughs> but I, w- I would say people are still cycling. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not buying new equipment um, because obviously it, 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 it's it's affecting everyone. Mm. But the roads are. Although the roads are still a little bit dangerous, they're less dangerous than when it's really busy here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I see that. So um, I think it's a. Uh, I I have seen one of um, one of the posts that you 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 have post in in your Facebook, that you say that uh, why do you still write for someone you didn't know? I think it's 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 a very important questions because it's goal or the objective of this mission or this charity, right? Do you have answer that uh, why do you still write for this, for, for this project? Yes, because I, I believe in the project. I believe in the need for help. And I have good days and bad days. So bad days are when we're not getting enough donations in and I start worrying that we're not getting enough in for my goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll have good days where some more donations come in mm-hmm. um, and, and that helps but overall I wouldn't give up mm-hmm. even though I'm really tired I've got a little bit of a saddle sore um, I'm not eating properly the last few days because I've got a bad stomach the, the thought of giving up I wouldn't say never in my head because sometimes when you're riding and you're tired and you're wet you start thinking oh my god why am I doing this Mm-hmm. And then you go, wait, I know why I'm doing this. So I've got to, I've got to keep pushing and going through. But it, it is a mental battle. It's, it's, it's a battle with one part of the head that's saying you're tired and whatever else. And then the other side of your head, or you can say your heart, is saying, no, you've got to keep pushing through because this is what you, you want to do. And if I finish now, let's say I said tomorrow I'm not riding anymore. 
I would feel that I've let people down and the project has failed because I said I'm going to do the three weeks and the full distance. Mm. And I would feel that I've cheated people because they paid the donations mm. very kindly for, for, for that. Not for me, but for the poverty that's here. So I feel I have to finish it just to keep everything honest and, and, and above board. <laughs> And how, how is the donation goal right now? Is it okay? It's okay. We've raised more than last year, which is good. I think mm -hmm. so far we've raised 150,000 baht. Mm -hmm. The goal would be more. And I've got one week left. So mm -hmm. I'm hoping the more that I suffer, um, the more pain and the more grumpy faces that they see of me riding, <laughs> start to feel sorry mm -hmm. um, and they'll, they'll donate some more I think a lot of people will donate when I'm finished mm -hmm. um, when it gets to the last day and they go okay he's done it I, I know quite a few people that have said when it's done um, I'm going to give you 300 pounds when it's done so it's, that, that'll be nice when it is finished so if we could get to 250,000 bars I'd be super happy mm. I see that and uh, maybe, maybe this is the last question. I just wonder that uh, what you have learned from from this ride, because when we see the news of someone try to um, try to create this kind of crazy challenge to ride for a long distance, I mean ultra distance ride, we have questions that why. Why, 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 do, why, why do they have to do it? And I just wonder about your learning, what, what you have learned for, for make this project happen. I think if I did this again, which I probably wouldn't on this particular one, <laughs> I would have a bigger team of helpers because mm. it's really tough on my wife, Ching, for example, having to drive, deal with, her business, my business, and everything else is it's, it's, it's a huge pressure. So definitely a bigger team. Mm -hmm. um, Preparation-wise, I don't think I would do anything different. Mm -hmm. um, what we have in the, the car, I wouldn't do anything different. Um, and I think the, the biggest thing I've learned is to know your own limits on a daily basis because those limits change on a daily basis. So mm. one day, you know, you can, the, the first day was my worst day. The first day <clears throat> I had cramp, <clears throat> which I know mm. I don't normally get cramp. And that's because my first day I was very nervous, very stressed. Mm. And <clears throat> I forgot to take certain things in my nutrition on my very first day. Mm. So I think, what I learned from this is you've got, even though I've got 43 years of experience, sometimes you forget. And sometimes I, I think people, people think they look at, they, they look at a pro and they go train like a pro ride like a pro. And my, my philosophy is why you're not a pro. Mm. Um, so how can you train like a pro and be a pro? The, 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 the pros don't have any work. Oh, no, let me rephrase that. They ride their bike, they eat, they sleep. That's all they do. Mm, mm. And, they're half, and they're half my age and they've been doing it all their lives. So know your own limits 
I think is the biggest thing that I am still learning at 57 mm-hmm. and to keep within those limits. So one day you say, I can push a bit harder. Another day you say, I've got to back off. And there's nothing wrong with stopping halfway through a ride um, in an air conditioned cafe. It's doing what your body says you can or cannot do. And mm. I, I, have a, I have a beer every night. <laughs> this. It's a secret of your ride, right? Well, it's part, part of it is enjoying relaxation. And again, I'm not a pro. Mm. I might drive the Tour de France distance, but I'm not a pro. So you've got to have, you've got to have enjoyment. And I, I would say the biggest thing I would say to all cyclists, it doesn't matter which country, is you've got to enjoy it. And the pros will have a beer or a glass of wine sometimes, <laughs> or some pizza or a bar of chocolate. You yeah. don't have to live um, the, the cleanest lifestyle possible as at any level, whether that be a newbie, mid-amateur, national team, or, or, or pro. You've got to mm. keep, keep the enjoyment. Uh, in one way, I'm enjoying this now. In another way, I'm not. I'm not enjoying it because of the fatigue. Mm. But I am enjoying it because of the pure challenge. Mm. I see that. I realized that I forgot to ask you about the bikes. <laughs> ah, my bike. Yes. <laughs> because you, 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 you ride a chapter two bike, right? I do. It's a, it's a chapter two. Uh, is, it, is it any specific modification for, your, for the bike for this, this, this kind of ride? Um, yes. So, so, the, so the, chapter, the chapter two is a New Zealand brand built by Mike Pride, the son mm-hmm. of Neil Pride. And Neil Pride makes Neil Pride bikes and Mike Pride is the son. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a, a very niche, niche brand. And the Thai distributor is Mark, I think it's Mark Manalos. And he very kindly donated me the bike um, for, for, for the ride. But modification-wise, I have the bars a bit higher than I would if I was doing, say, just 100 kilometers. Ah, so I see. It's, 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 it's like a bike, a, a bike bit is for, first of all, how flexible you are, the, your, your body dimensions, your dynamics, but also the end goal. If I'm doing, if I wanted to be super fast for 40 kilometers, I put my bars maybe two or three centimeters lower. Um, so in this case, they're higher. It eases the pressure on my back. I sit up a lot higher than if I was riding normally. Mm-hmm. Um, it just reduces reduces the pressure, but otherwise, no modifications at all. Um, so, no, the, the the saddle is my usual saddle. Um, And I have what what what's nice is you. I've had no problems with my hands, no numbness, no mm. sore feet, no sore um, sore back. I feel my butt hurts, but anyone's butt is going to hurt when they're riding <laughs> sure. 400 kilometers. So yeah. um, that's that's it. But it's it's, it's, it's a great bike. Um, yeah, and I'm also fortunate. A lot of sponsors have sponsored me. Um, Uh, for nutrition, mm-hmm. for the wheels, for the tires, for the pedals. So I've got Garmin Power pedals. Mm-hmm. I've got Amino Vital and Umaju Nutrition. Um, we've got wheels from K's 
um, Kunit in um, Chiang Mai, who helps with the national team. Mm-hmm. Second set of wheels from Japan that was sent to me. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do we have sponsors? Can't remember. I oh, yeah, chamois cream. Most most important thing in the world, <laughs> chamois cream. <laughs> a, Thai, a Thai brand produced by an expat um, called John Graham called Smooth as Silk. You might have yeah. probably know about it, and that is probably crucial for this type of ride because yeah. oh, you get so much friction in the areas you don't want it. Yeah, that the, the, the chamois cream is 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 a lifesaver. <laughs> I think it's it's uh, one of the underrated. Item for your cycling. It, it is. Um, people don't use it. Um, there's there's a, a customer of mine here who's fairly new to cycling, and he was saying that um, his boxer shorts are painful when he's riding. I'm sorry. And he goes, yeah, I'm a cycling shorts. I'm a boxer shorts underneath. Yeah. And I said, don't don't wear anything underneath. You'd be surprised how many people actually wear. It's 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 because no one tells them. Uh, as that. I see. Um, sometimes, as you, you you've been in the business a long time, but sometimes we forget the basic, simple things to explain to people. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we just assume it because you, you've been cycling for a long time, and, and the same with me. I'd never think of saying to someone, "Don't wear underwear under mm-hmm. your shorts." Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I see that. So thank you again, JJ, for for. Having this this talk and uh, spend your valuable less time for us and ขอบคุณท่านผู้ฟังนิวไมเดย์ตอนนี้ด้วยนะครับก็หวังว่าเทมนี้นั่นจะเป็นแรงบันดาลใจในการปั่นจักรยานสำหรับคนอื่นๆต่อไปนะครับถ้าเกิดว่าสนใจทริปเชอร์ตี้ไรด์ของ JJ นะครับก็สามารถเข้าไปดูได้ในเพจ JJ Pro Performance Center ภูเก็ตสแลตแบงคอกนะครับเดี๋ยวเดี๋ยวตอนที่โพสต์ PR ตัวพอดแคสต์รายการนี้ก็จะมีแนบลิงก์ไปให้ด้วยนะครับถ้าสนใจก็สามารถบริจาคเงินให้กับโครงการชื่อวันภูเก็ตได้นะครับวันนี้ต้องขอบคุณเจเจมากนะครับ Thank you again for have this kind talk to you You're welcome ขอบคุณครับ Yeah okay แล้วพบกับนิวไบเดตตอนต่อไปได้ในอาทิตย์หน้านะครับสวัสดีครับ New Bike Day Podcast เรื่องดีๆจากโลกจักรยานโดยเอี่ยวศิวภาคเทียนวนาลี